Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Sport of Kings podcast. On this pod, we discuss the late pick five at Fairgrounds this Saturday, December 11th. This is show number 151, December 10th, 2021. I'm Scott Carson, founder of Sport of Kings, and I'm joined by my co-host, Hall of Fame handicapper, Chris Larmy. Chris, what's the word? I just can't believe it's only two weeks away from Christmas and uh, and then another day after that, opening day of Santa Anita. So just time flies by, and I'm looking forward to this weekend and the upcoming weeks. Yeah, looking forward to uh, some you know some good winter racing. We have a pretty good card today here at Fairgrounds. Uh, looking forward to getting some Gulfstream action pretty soon. They're just gonna they're gonna be ramping up the stakes down there. Yeah, we kind of had that post Breeders' Cup lull that you get for several weeks after the Breeders' Cup before you know Santa Anita and the championship in quotes meet at Gulfstream gets going. But Oakland opened up, so yeah, the racing really picks up now, pretty much starting this week going forward. And then you know we start getting into the Triple Crown preps, and so yeah, the the whole next racing season is right around the corner. Yeah, and specifically the Malibu Malibu Day at Santa Anita. I guess that, that's the thing I'm most excited for coming up. Yeah, and the horse Flightline, who hopefully will run in, in that race, he's one of these horses that's just too fast for his own good. Um, really talented, really speedy, so he'll be fun to watch in the Malibu if he makes it to the race. So you're right, that, that card, a day after Christmas card, always one I look forward to. Support the Sport of Kings podcast by contributing to our Patreon page. Go to patreon.com slash sportofkings and donate as little as $3 per month. That's patreon.com slash sportofkings. Thank you for your support. And we have a special guest. Special returning guest, in fact. He's qualified for the NHC six times. He regularly wins big bucks on horse tourneys and finished third in last year's Spa and Surf Showdown, earning 45000 Who dat? It's the Hurricane, John Hurd. John, welcome who back. Dat, who dat, fellas? Uh, I am here. <laughs> uh, thank you guys for having me, first of all. I really appreciate it. I always enjoy my time with you guys. All right. Well, um, I have a question for you, John. Have you been paying attention to fairgrounds so far this meet? And if you have, is there anything that we need to know? Man, I have been paying attention to the fairgrounds so far. And the thing you need to know is this: the champ Michael Gaychok has been on fire and you can get his picks on his Twitter account because he puts them on there. 
So if anybody's going to the fairgrounds, make sure you go on the champs, uh, Michael Baysox, uh Twitter account because he, he's been in Fuego so far. All right. Good to know. Uh, when does he post? Is, has he posted already? Because uh, a couple. Of... I don't think he's posted for yesterday. I mean, for tomorrow, excuse me. But he uh, he, he posts generally every morning. It's actually in the Advocate paper uh, down in Louisiana every day. Uh, the, the champs, the chalk selections, the chalk choices. So, but he does put them on his Twitter account in the morning. So they'll they'll be there. Okay, Chris, do you have any questions for John? Well, so other than you know Michael being red hot in terms of what you've seen on the track, is there anything that jumps out in terms of any sort of uh, yeah. biases or any hot riders or trainers or anything that we need to be aware of? The, the only thing I've really noticed is if you just take all the, the races collectively, I've just seen a lot of chalk, um, to be honest. Um, you know, obviously, as, as Mewson has done, you know, fairly decent. But um, other than that, it's just I've, most of the races I've handicapped, I've just seen a lot of chalk. And that's what we saw last weekend. Well, let's hope we can reverse that trend a little bit this weekend. <laughs> I, I agree. <laughs> well, uh, there was a 17 to one yesterday and also a 23 to one, both on the turf. Yeah, so, uh, so, so hopefully that, that track profile is changing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, unfortunately we only have one turf race and the weather may not cooperate on Saturday. Uh, we may not have any turf races in the sequence. We'll find out, but there is, some uncertainty. I looked at the forecast and it looks like it could be raining throughout the entire card. Um, so we'll yeah. see what that does to the main track and whether or not they actually run on the turf, given this is just a state bred stakes race. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. That forecast did look uh, fairly ominous to me, uh, uh, ominous enough that I have a, an off the turf pick for that one turf race. Yeah, we probably need to think about it. Yeah, either it, it could stay on. You never know, but it could easily be taken off as well. So we'll have to, but we won't, we won't know that when we're talking today, but um, we might need to think about either scenario as we talk about the race. All right. Well, this is Louisiana Champions Day at Fairgrounds, and we have four stakes as part of the pick five. Got a wonky maiden at the end. They they snuck in there, which is a little disappointing. But we will uh, we'll do the best we can. We'll start with the ninth race. It's Louisiana Champions Day Juvenile Stakes. Six furlongs on the dirt for one hundred thousand. Two year old Colts and Geldings. And John, why don't you get us started? Yes. So with this race, uh, I just had to go to. I use Equine Edge a lot. Um, I found that their, their tools and software is pretty 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 good. Um, one of the things they have is a ticket generator on there, and you can put in, let's say, a pick five, fifty cent pick five, and it generates the ticket for you. And you know, you could put whether you want to put a twenty dollar one in or a hundred dollar one, whatever uh, sequence in there, and uh, it kind of generates the, the the picks for you. So I, I kind of go there just to see what what this you know the algo gives it. In this race, uh, I also look, look at time form. And uh, the one that stood out to me was the eight unified report um, with Hernandez and Stewart, two for two. It, it, if you
Bitcoin software, it does not need the lead. Uh, looks like the one and the three need the lead uh, to win. And uh, that's the horse that I landed on. Uh, you know, it's undefeated, and uh, I think it has a shot to get it done. Unified report, uh, five to two morning line favorite. Looks pretty tough in this spot. Chris, what are you thinking? Well, yeah, I think you know, he's the one to beat. You know, he's got the proven form. He's been always trained well. He's always trained like a good horse, and he's run to his work. So I think he's a legitimate favorite and, you know, certainly um, one you'd want to include in the pick five probably. Uh, there's two horses in here. The one, a little bit obvious, but um, you know, the five horse, Braun and Brow, we actually talked about this horse on our pod when it was in a maiden race at Santa Anita. It was in a really salty maiden race with a bunch of horses that had been working well and were well-bred, well-connected. And it was kind of strange that this Louisiana bred was in that race as its lifetime debut. That caught my attention. So I was sort of touting it a little bit. I don't think it was my pick, but it was one of the ones I thought was a live long shot. You know, why did they run it in a, a really tough maiden race um, in Del Mar? I think it was Del Mar, Santa Anita. I can't remember which one. Um, when, uh, you know, they could be running against Louisiana breads. Um, and it did not run very poorly in that race. I mean, I think it, it was, see, it ran third out of eight. So it better than split the field. I mean, there's probably some future graded stakes winners that it was running against there. It switches barns and heads back to Louisiana where it belongs. They could run it in a maiden race. It's cross-entered, but I read somewhere that Cassie says it's going here. And so, you know, they're confident this horse has talent. It has a really nice workout um, locally. Uh, I have a feeling that five to one is not going to hold up the five to one morning line. But to me, that horse just may be, you know, more talented than the others, including the favorite. So if you could get that five to one, I think Braun and Browse the way to go. Uh, if they do bet it down, which could happen, there's another price horse I like, but I'll hold off on that and let Scott weigh in because he may like that horse and I don't want to take his thunder. Uh. All right. Uh, yeah, I was sort of counting on Braun and Brow to scratch at, well uh i i actually just because there's a lot of experience in this race i think he would be a horse i'd be a little bit against in this race if he goes the horse i like is feisty fist he was bumped after the start in his last was wide um on a slow pace it was a two-turn race at delta uh, he just seemed to be up against it. He even did a little bit of drifting in the stretch, um, like behind the horses. With a fast pace projected, I think he's got a big shot at 8-1 to one or higher. That would be my top pick. And uh, I have another horse that I like, but uh, we'll, I'll send it back to John to see what else he's got. Yeah, I agree. I mean, on this race, you know, Braun and Brow was the other horse that I looked at. I, I agree with Charles' analysis. I would probably think that it would scratch because of the class of the field. Um, for me, I'm just kind of—I don't want to say I'm sold on the eight, but I, I feel the eight's the, the horse to beat here, and, and that, that's the horse I landed on. Fair enough. So, yeah, Chris, I, did I, I, did I, 
<laughs> yeah, Feisty Fist is the horse that I think if you're trying to go for a price, he's probably the where where I would go. I do think though he's kind of a notch below in terms of likelihood of winning of the the favorite unified report in Braun and Brow. I'd be really surprised if one of those two doesn't win, but if there is an upset, I think it would be Feisty Fist. And if they really pound those two, you know, you might get double digit odds on Feisty Fist. So, you know, that that could be worth a play. Um, but I do think Unified Report's legitimate. And Braun and Brow just might be. I just have a feeling the way this horse has been managed so far, it has a lot of talent. And, you know, this is a Louisiana bred race, nothing against Louisiana breads, but I think he might be, you know, more talented than your typical Louisiana bred. Um, so that's kind of where I would lean if you could get anything close to the morning line, which you might not. Although there are people might, you know, want to, he is a maiden, um, only has one start. So that might be enough to dissuade some people from playing it. So maybe we'll get a decent price in here. We'll see. We'll move to the. We'll move to the 10th race. It's the Champions Day Sprint. Six furlongs on the dirt. First of 100,000 for three-year-olds and up. Chris, why don't you get us started? Well, you got to start the discussion with the 10-horse no parole who's run some really fast races before. He's what I call a fragile horse. And by that, I mean, if he has things his own way and gets an easy lead or, in, in, or runs against some overmatched horses, he can look really, really good, but it seems like any time any pressure is applied, he just shatters. So um, he's the kind I love to bet against. The problem in this race, he's coming off a really bad race off, um, which was off a layoff. So this might be the time where you know he doesn't get pounded. Um, I'd much rather be playing against him in a, um, if he's coming off a, a really good race. But I still think he's really fragile, and he is the favorite. And he may get bet down below that morning line. And he's in a race with a whole bunch of other speed horses. So I don't know if any of them are quick enough to put some pressure on him. But if one of them does, then I definitely think he's vulnerable. And um, you know, kind of the obvious horse that would be able to take advantage of that scenario would be the two Monty man. Now... He's not a great price, but I think he's probably the most likely winner. The other thing about him is he runs really well on, on a sloppy track, which he might see, you know, we given the forecast, you got to kind of factor that possibility of a wet track. So to me, he, you know, if they pound no parole, Monty Man could be the play. If they don't and they kind of start going towards some alternatives, Monty Man would probably be the one that would track some money. And there's a price horse I like, but I will, again, um, withhold talking about that one until everyone else has a chance to weigh in. And then if you guys haven't mentioned it, I'll bring that horse up. But for me, you, know, you got to go against the fragile horse, no parole. Unfortunately, circumstances might be that he doesn't get bet the way he might typically in this race. Um, so we'll have to wait and see how the crowd um, plays the race. But um, I'd lean towards Monty Mann as the alternative if they do indeed um, really uh, send it in on no parole in here. Monty Mann won this race last year in the mud, and he's six for nine at fairgrounds. Hurricane, what do you think? 
Yeah, that's interesting. I, I totally agree with Chris. I mean, Monty Man, to me, looks like the horse. It, he's got the biscuit, uh, you know, best uh a favorite of Dogzilla. That's the biscuit. It's his guy. Uh, Parshall has two horses in this race, obviously the two and the five. Uh, that's kind of where I was looking at um, in this race. I, I looked at the Tando parole with Tommy Amos. Um, I, I agree that that horse is just, it looks like on paper, hey, this horse is likely the horse that's going to go off the, the favorite. However, for whatever reason, the horse just doesn't get it done. Um, so that 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 analysis by Chris was exactly right, and that's why I kind of went to Monty Man as well. Um, if 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 there was another horse I would look at here besides the besides those two, and of course the five and uh, Fasho's other horse, um, I would possibly because that horse, uh, the five, is coming off a, a three length win, uh, but you know obviously stepping up here. The four horse um, to me was a little interesting. Um, if I had to find a, you know, another a play, price play, it's not a price play, but you know, I think you, you'll get the eight to one. Uh, what's interesting to me is here, uh, being from New Orleans, uh, we have Mardi Gras, and Mardi Gras is, is three colors. Well, really, if you want to add white, you got you know purple, gold, and green. And in this case, we got the purple, gold, and green, and the two the white. So I think you got a Mardi Gras exactly going here uh, with with the uh, the 10, the 5, the 4, and the 2, uh, or you could even call it a try. So uh, that's my play on this one. I agree with Chris with the 2. All right, well, that will make it a triple-barreled play in that Monty Man would be my selection as well. It was pretty easy to make that selection, although he might just get bet. I mean, he, he, he wasn't bet last year. He was 6-1, to one, but he might get bet uh, this time. Um, a few other things that are good for him. He won this race off a similar layoff last year. And he's a closer with a fast projected pace. And he gets in light with only 118 versus no paroles, 124, and also Birdie's Galaxy uh, is also carrying 124. So that's a pretty big advantage. Um, so I, I like him. And uh, my alternative is uh, the same as you just mentioned, John. Sir Wellington, he had some trouble at the start of his last. He rushed to the lead where he's used, he's not used to being, and then he ran evenly. Now he's second off a layoff, and he's two for two on the wet. So if it comes up that way, uh, he's probably a use. I agree. Yeah, and John, you mentioned something I think is really important. Is, is, uh, you know, Monty Man's stable mate is Birdie's Galaxy, who's quick. And you'd have to think the str- and also handles an off track. So you would think the strategy would be to try to make sure they put pressure on no parole, right? You know, an all out send from the gate, which again should um, help soften up no parole and, and set things up for Monty Man. So that, that stable mate, assuming he stays in the race, I think is another reason to like Monty Man. And I am. I agree with both of you guys mentioned Sir Wellington. To me, that was the other horse I'm interested in. Just because he's kind of a classic, lots of upside horse going second off a long layoff as a three-year-old. You know, he should be poised to run the best race he's ever run. Um, And, you know, he uh, has handled an off track really well in the past. So 
you know, he's kind of the the upside horse, the the horse that could run, you know, big, and he doesn't have to be on the lead. His best races have been kind of you know sitting um, third or fourth and closing into a hot pace. So he should get a good setup. Um, and I'm not sure how he'll get bet in here. So to me, you know, Monty Mann and Sir Wellington are probably the way to go. All right. Well, we're uh, we're on the same page. It seems F fairly close to the same page uh, on on both the first two races. Let's move to the eleventh. It is the turf, the Champions Day turf stakes. Uh, there is rain in the forecast. It does look like it was firm yesterday, and I think it's supposed to be good today. So maybe it'll be be able to withstand the rain. It's a mile and sixteenth on turf, purse of a hundred thousand for three year olds and up. And Hurricane, why don't you start the proceedings? Okay, so in this race, I thought it was interesting. Assuming we're staying on the turf, uh, going to mile sixteenth, I looked pace projection, and it looks like the the one Mangelson uh, on on Equine Edge has a ninety nine pace which is pretty strong. So it tells me that this horse, not that it needs the lead, but it, it should be near the lead. Um, that's my my horse for this race. Uh, I like calling him Fausto, uh, but uh, Fausto is the trainer here with Pedroza. And I think the eight will show some pressure, uh, get them Justin. Uh, but in this race, uh, I'm gonna lean with the one here if I had to choose another horse, um, I would look towards the outside at the, uh, the 11 and the 12 for the price, the 6 to 1 and the 12 to 1 uh, with Hernandez and Carroll. Uh, I'm an 11 player. I'll, I'll play 11 no matter what the tournament. You'll see me. If, if, if 11 hits, you know the Hurricanes got it. Um, it's just a rule of thumb <laughs> I have. So, uh, so um, I got to stick to that. But I do like the 11 and the 12 from the outside. But my, my choice here would be the one, uh, simply because I think it's going to be on or near the lead, and uh, from there, sh you know, should 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 be able to be in contention and win the race. All right, and for purposes of anybody who's driving, the 11 is Brits a closer, and the 12 is JC's royalty. Chris, what do you got? Well, I just think it's, I, I love that you play the 11 horse. That's got to be kind of a dicey proposition on most two-turn turf races, though. It's tough to win from an 11 <laughs> hole. But I'm guessing you get rewarded when you finally do cash in on that. Um, I'm usually tossing the 11 horse in a race like this. So yeah, yeah, if you're cashing, I'm probably losing. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of tournaments I've, I've, I've like, you know, hit an 11 horse and like, 20 to one and you know nobody has it you know i have it all the guys on team who that are like of course he has it all he does is play 11. <laughs> <laughs> so but the one horse on a two-turn turf race i'm usually interested in that and this horse um it's kind of interesting because it's never been on a, a yielding or soft course but it's run four times on what is labeled good but remember, a lot of times tracks, especially the fairgrounds, likes to, they like to label the, the turf horse, turf course good when it's really, you know, yielding or soft. And this horse is four for four 
on anything other than firm turf. So the one horse to me, if it stays on the turf, uh, especially, you know, uh, being a front runner, the softer it is, usually the more it favors the front runners because the closers have a hard time really, you know, getting a hold of the track and, and accelerating late. So I agree the one is is definitely a contender in here. Uh, the price isn't too exciting, um, which is the only reason I wouldn't make it my pod pick, but I definitely would use it if it stays on in the pick five. Um, for me, I kind of like the Calhoun horses. Uh, he makes this race really difficult because he has three horses entered and two are cross-entered for the dirt. Um, and if the, they're probably hoping the race comes off, if it stays on, I don't know if he'll leave either one in. But it, let's assume that it stays on and he leaves all, all of them in. I would like Highland Creek on the two horse as my pick for the pod. Uh, I think he's really bred to be better on turf. And he's coming off a really nice sprint prep. So he should be sitting you know, second off a layoff sitting on a really big race. He draws a good post, has the biscuit, as John says, um, in the irons. Uh, you know, so to me, gets in light. Just everything is positive about that horse. So, you know, it's a big if, if they stay on the turf and um, he goes, I like him. If they, if they come off the turf, I think he's really a strong candidate as well. He's run well in the dirt. I do think his stable mate who took the money, it might be a little better on the dirt. So if they both went in here, I would probably favor him if the race comes off. But if it stays on, um, I would go with Highland Creek off. I'd go with Highland Creek or who took the money. So I'm going to go with, I guess I'm saying I'll, I'll go with Calhoun. One of those Calhoun cross-centered horses, whether it's on or off. Um, with the preference to Highland Creek if it's on and with who took the money if it's off. All right, well, we're we're in uh, pretty much agreement again. I like Mangelson. I, 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 he's my top pick, although I'm thinking that he's gonna be mm, probably lower than four to one. I mean, it, he just, he looks pretty good there. Um, I have him having a pretty easy time on the lead from the inside. I think get them Justin will sit right off and they'll both slip away. Although I did just notice that Highland Highland Creek has actually showed a lot of speed in the past. So there may be a little action there. And um, I think I saw a tweet from Marcus Hirsch yesterday about how the closers and outside are doing better on the fairgrounds turf now that the rail is out 20 feet and that it's supposed to be out 20 feet tomorrow. Uh, so I'm going to say uh, I, would, I would use Mangelson and get them, Justin. And I agree with Chris. I would single who took the money on the dirt, um, cutting back from one turn after a bad start. Yeah, the reason so why John, I like the 11, and 12, the 11 and 12 were the closers to me. So if the, if the one doesn't win up front, um, that was my, my logic there. So you guys have uh, the 11 and the 12 for it to close uh, in JC's royalty. Yeah, I think from a closer standpoint, I kind of like um, who 
Pedro talking, the other Calhoun horse that's actually, you know, entered to run on the turf, that horse has a pretty nice closing kick. Although Brit's a closer, you know, does have that win over a yielding course at Lone Star. So I, I could see the 10 and the 11 being the other two, um, yeah. uh, you know, clo closers that, like you said, if it does favor the race sets up for a closer. Although keep in mind, the way the track's been playing so far may be completely different than it plays tomorrow if it's been raining all day and they do keep this race on the turf. You know, uh, you know who it favors inside, outside speed closers could be completely different than what it 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 has been favoring in you know prior to the rain. Yeah, I really like the uh, the line on JC's royalty. That is a tough post, but uh, if if it's a you know, any kind of a firm course, if it's not raining, then I would consider using JC's royalty because uh, if it if it's actually raining, one thing that I observed with a handicapper friend of mine a few years ago is that if it's actually raining during the race, that it seems this is completely anecdotal. So that I have no data to back this up, but if it's actually raining, it seems like horses on the lead have an advantage. Yeah, yeah I, I think the slicker, that. yeah, the slicker it is, which usually means it's you know currently raining, or the softer, both of them I think typically favor front runners on turf racing. I mean, and I, I, that just almost always is the case. It doesn't mean they always win, but that probably increases their chances of winning. Now, inside outside depends on how the track drains and stuff. So I don't, and I don't know how that will play out. Yeah, and one one thing I'll say is like on Equine Edge, um, if, if a lot of people aren't familiar, it's, you can Google equineedge.com. It's uh, Scotty McKeever um, software, and Scotty did a great job at the NHC showing uh, the shin bread. And uh, Bobby Shoemaker uh, and, and the champ uh, and myself, uh, a tutorial with Steve Bick on live on Steve Bick's show. And one of the things that their software has, it, it gives you a win percentage, a pace scenario. They just added a feature where there's an asterisk in the pace scenario, which tells you if it's a horse that needs to have the lead. Uh, you have the strength of the last race and you have the GSR, which is the genetics uh, rating. And interestingly enough, you guys had mentioned, I think, the five who took the money. And for the last, for, for the strength of race, uh, which is the last race, that horse uh, seems to be the pick here on the software. Uh, so that's that, that's interesting to me. And they actually have the the eleven listed as the um, as the uh, long shot. Well, we'll see. Uh, he's, uh, sort of Equine Edge is sort of our fourth guest on this on this program. <laughs> They have who took the money on turf. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They have it of the strength of last race. Wow. All right. Well, it'd be interesting. See what happens. Uh, looking forward to it. Let's go to the 12th race. It's the Louisiana champions day Lassie stakes, six furlongs purse of a hundred thousand for two year old fillies. And Chris, I think it's your turn. Yeah, this race pretty wide open. Um, I could go a lot of different ways. This is one where I'll probably be spreading out. Uh, I do think the favorites, not a, it's legitimate, 
but uh, it's just the kind of race that any of them could win, I think, these two-year-old Philly races. So I don't think the five's an absolute standout, but probably the most likely winner. After that, it's really hard to separate them. Probably the one um, I would go with, if I just had to pick one horse in here, would be the nine Maestria, I think is how you pronounce it. Uh, that horse really did not have a very good setup last time um, at Delaware Park. It still ran pretty well. The horse that won that came back and won a stakes race next time out. Um, and the horse had some trouble on the prior race, and it's fast enough, I think, to win in here. It draws an outside post. It's got the tactical speed. Um, it's There's not a lot of form to go on in terms of off-track racing, but if you just go off the breeding, um, this horse is bred to handle an off-track. So, um, and it doesn't have to have the lead, but it has that tactical speed and it drew the outside post. So, you know, it might be able to get a good trip, trip, uh, stay up near the front, but stay outside of the kickback on the back side and then make a move on the turn. So, you know, we'll have to see how the track is playing, but to me, the nine's interesting. Uh, it's really hard to predict what the prices will be, but you know, that horse might end up being a price shipping in from Delaware Park. So Maestria would be my first pick, but there's several others in here at a price, I think, that are live. And I have a feeling that we'll be all over the place on this one. So I'll be interested to hear what you guys have to say. All right. Only negative on Maestria is that that trainer is, uh, he's not known for shipping out of the Mid-Atlantic region. Um, at least I don't know if he has any wins outside of it. Doesn't look like it at first glance. Hurricane, what do you think? I came down to the eight dream on it. Uh, horse two for two. Uh, it is a Louisiana bread. I'm not. I'm not big on Louisiana bread, but uh, unless they play football. But uh, I'm looking at at the eight year dream on it with the horse that I I, I landed on. Um, I, I think the five is legit. It, it, it'll be there, but if there was a horse that I had to play against the five, um, I, I went to the eight for that reason. Um, one thing, uh, another horse that I, I, I want to mention is the 10. Uh, you know, it's coming out of a maiden one by Saint seven lengths. It, it drew off in that race. So, you know, maybe that horse is live. It, it'll likely take the lead. Um, but uh, those, those are the horses I kind of, had my eyes on. I, I did look at that nine. I do agree with the analysis, but um, for me, it's the eight. And um, of course, I'm not going to leave an 11 out in an exotic show. I'll have it in, in there for my pick five. But for me today on this one, it's going to be the eight. All right. Well, finally, we have some uh, disparity in our picks. I went with Dreaming of Nini. The horse overcame trouble at the start, still won her debut. Goes for a trainer who's 29% last 90 days and is 6 for 18 at this meet. Closer in what is projected to be a fast-paced race, according to Timeform US. And um, it looks like, you know, I think there's a little opportunity maybe to bet against Free Like a Girl, who may react from the two races ago, that 18-length win. So uh, dreaming of Nini, but uh, it's definitely a wide open race. 
Yeah, I agree. It's the kind of race anything can happen, I think, which is why a horse like the one horse Baltes, who it could be a huge price. Now, that horse uh, overcame some trouble in its debut and, and really closed quickly in a very short race, which is kind of hard to do um, at Delta Downs against, you know, didn't beat anything there, but the horse showed talent and it shows, you know, a nice workout since then from the gate. And they're, you know, they're taking a shot here against a little bit better company. Um, but there's no reason why that horse, I don't know if it'll win, but I mean, it, it's the kind that could jump way up in its second start, just like the horse that Scott mentioned. Um, so, you know, to me, this could be pretty wide open if free like a girl doesn't run its best race. There's a whole bunch of them that could jump up. Um, I could list a bunch more, but for now, I'll, I'll just say this is to me as a spread race in, in the sequence. Yeah, that Valtes looks like, um, uh, you know, the trainer seems to be going well. He's 19% uh, this year, and he's got a second out of one start this race. So, um, yeah, I haven't I haven't watched that race, but it, it, it's probably worth a look. I don't have any other pick in this race. That there's no other horse that I've, like, sort of landed on. Uh, which is why it's good that we have this roundtable because um, now I'll I'll be able to take another look at that Valtes. Yeah, I mean the other one. I guess I will. I'll I'll, I'll go against what I just said. I will mention one more. Uh, similar kind of horse is the ten horse one day. Didn't beat anything, mm -hmm. but looked really good doing it. Um, yeah. And you know it draws an outside post, so it, and it might be the speed of the speed. You know maybe it gets a jump on everybody and just goes. So, and that's another one that could be a pretty good price. But yeah, you know it, it would I be agree. hard hard to play. I agree. Ahead, I think John. the eight. I think I, I think the ten. I agree. It, it, it's not that it needs the, the lead, but it'll it should be on the lead. I think the nine is one that probably needs to lead but um but i i do feel that the 10 could surprise you know and, it, and you might get some decent odds on it yeah maybe using both of those because this trainer seems to specialize in two-year-olds he's got a 269 roi with two-year-olds yeah which trainer are you talking about scott alan landry he trains landry. the oh, one okay. and okay. the 10 Right. And he's got kind of an engine caboose sort of thing there, which I always like when the trainer's got the engine and the caboose. Um, and he yeah, runs them both. I like he that. Probably, he probably thinks they're live and um, they're probably both going to gonna be able to run, you know, the, the, a favorable kind of race in terms of the, the style they want to run. So they may both run up the track because they might be outclassed. They are coming from softer company, but these are lightly raced horses and you never know. And it is state bred race. So there's probably no monster in here. And that thing about Earth shipping degree. Maestra is kind of interesting. Um, but you know, the fact that you know why they shipped her because she's Louisiana bred and, and they were running. And I, I think it's pretty safe to say she was probably facing better horses 
at Laurel and Delaware than she is in this race. So you're right. That risk trainer does not ship south. He does pretty well shipping into like New York against the big boys at Saratoga and Aqueduct. And, and he's won some, with some prices before. But um, you're right. This is kind of unusual. And I'm sure the only reason they're doing it is because of the breeding on the horse. It's kind of interesting that a Louisiana bred started its career at Delaware Park. Good point. Another uh, another notable, somewhat notable thing about this trainer, Alan Landry, he hits uh, in non-graded stakes. He hits twenty uh, percent. He's twenty for ninety-nine with a two thirty-nine ROI, and he's won uh, some races on this card in the past. It looks like he's won. He won the Ladies Sprint a couple years ago, and um, you know he's, he's he's certainly capable. So. And 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 at this track in non-graded stakes, he's four for seventeen with a three eighty-five ROI. So, getting a twenty to one on that on the one, and uh, eight to one on the ten, definitely in in this kind of open race, probably worth using. We'll move to the marquee race of the day. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> The maiden, uh, the maiden race of the sequence, the thirteenth race. It's six furlongs on dirt, purse of forty-five thousand for two-year-olds, and Hurricane. Why don't you get us started? Okay, so in this race, assuming uh, Braun and Brow scratches in the ninth, then I would have that horse as my favorite in this race. Um, going off of that horse with with, with Deshaun Parker, going off of that horse, I, I look at the eight. Uh, Hilaire, uh, just a horse that another partial horse came up uh, second last out, 45 maiden, coming back, trying to get it done today. It was previously trained by Brad Cox. Um, you know, uh, I sometimes I look at that positive or negative, but, you know, the fact that Cox had the horse is pretty pretty good to me. Um, so that, that's the horse I landed on. Uh, I think that it's a wide open race. Uh, Obviously, uh, I will not leave the 11 out once again. And the, if I had to find like a meteor, medium price horse, it would probably be the nine gutsy with Hernandez. So that's, that's kind of the horses I've narrowed this one down to. All right. Uh, so your top pick is Braun and Brow, but if he scratches, it's Hilaire. Chris, what do yeah, you think? Hilaire. All right, before I say, I, I have to say, you know, why do tracks do this? I mean, this is their like Louisiana Stakes Day, Bread Stakes Day. They had two other, two or three other Louisiana Bread Stakes. It could have been an all Louisiana Bread Stakes pick five, and they just got to stick in, you know, this maiden race at, of course, at the end of the sequence. So we have no visibility in the odds just because it's an 11 horse field, probably a couple of scratch, and it will end up being no bigger field than one of those other eight horse, you know, state bread stakes. So, you know, just why do you do this? You know, Louisiana, you, you know, why, why do you do this? But anyway, they did. Um, and like all tracks love to do, um, it's like they just like to poke horse players in the eye over and over again and laugh at us. I don't know. But um, the four horse, Braun and Brow, is not supposedly going in here, according to the trainer. But if it did, I think it's, you know, just lays over the field. But assuming it's not going and it scratches, as the trainer said, um, 
it's kind of an interesting race in that I I went to the two Colin Feels Good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of these second time starters that I always like to play, especially when they have speed. Uh, on a track's probably going to be sloppy for two year olds. You know, getting that lead could be really big. Can you get out of all that kickback? And this trainer, Brittany Russell, we've talked about before, her numbers are just crazy good. Any way you slice or dice it, including with two-year-olds, including with two-year-old second-time starters, including two-year-old second-time starters after a trainer change. This is the first time in this barn. I mean, this horse has like blinking lights, bet me, bet me, bet me. Now, I don't know if you'll get eight to one, but and and at the fairgrounds, they might not know much about this trainer, and they might let this horse go at a decent price. But to me, the two-horse Colin feels good kind of jumps off the page in here, assuming Braun and Brow isn't entered. So, you know, I'm on the two column feels good in here. Trainer Brittany Russell, former assistant to Brad Cox. Hurricane, what are you thinking? I agree. Uh, I think he, he was exactly right with that analysis. Um, I actually like that too as well. Um, interesting, interestingly enough, um, I, I use time form as well as um, the neckline edge I mentioned. And uh, time form, it, it does have the two as one of the top three choices. I think that the horse, um, when you look at its first race, its only race, it, it, it went out to the lead and it, it ran good enough. I mean, it finished second. So it, it, the horse showed, showed that it had some fight in it. So I, I would agree with that. All right. Um, I I'm with you guys on Braun and Brow. It's kind of it's hard to bet against that horse if if he goes in this maiden race. Um, if he doesn't, I don't have a strong opinion. I think you know, unfortunately, it's it's one of those races where you have to use a bunch of horses and um, yeah. I, I would use Hilaire, Gutsy, Order Up. And maybe Big Chopper. Big Chopper's got some gate works that are pretty nice. Uh, although the trainer's 0 for 13 with first-time starters at fairgrounds, at least in the last five years. So that would give me some hesitation, but at 6 to 1, probably not, uh, especially with those gate works. And um, uh, I, I guess, you know, Callan feels good certainly looks pretty solid however this trainer still never run a horse at fairgrounds so if the horse gets bet it may be it may be an opportunity to take a stand and um you know sort of wait until she proves that she can win out there well she is eight to one on the morning line and this is the last race in the sequence so betters aren't going to be tipped off if they bet this horse so i think this horse is not going to be an underlay in the pick five pool. The, the two horse column feels good. So I, I'm kind of, I, I'm going to go the other way from you guys. To me, don't spread in here. I'm going to just play Collins feels good. And maybe uh, some tickets with big chopper because the horse has been working well. But to me, the other horses have all run. They're all slow. I know they're all slow. They're, they've proven to be slow. Except for, you know, there's a couple firsters. There's only one that's 
got a trainer and has been working that I'd be a little afraid of, and that's the six big chopper. But, you know, to me, if I play the pick five, I'm going to go skinny in here. And um, because I think Column feels good, could just crush this field, could go to the front and never look back. And um, so that's why I'm going to play. If it doesn't, fine. And if they bet it down to even money, I don't care because there's not going to be even money in the pick five pool. I'm not talking about playing it to win. Uh, right. I'm talking about the pick five. So that's how I'm going to play this one. I mean, it could could end up if he if that horse isn't that good, then I agree with everything you guys said. It's wide open. But to me, there's a horse that kind of jumps off the page, and I think you get some value by singling that one, especially at the end of the in a race that looks kind of you know tough to play. Um, other otherwise, and you're right. The trainer's sort of an unknown locally, which is another reason why I probably won't get hammered in the pick five. So. I'm hoping it's the stable that's hammering this horse in the pick five, not the not the public. Yeah, I, I do. I feel, I kind of feel like if I had to go four deep in this race, that it's probably not worth playing the pick five. But I have to do more work and decide whether it's, you know, it's advisable because some of the horses that we have, you know, my top pick is Monty Man and Mangelson, and they're gonna take some money. But if Feisty Fist and Dreaming of Nini win, then, you know, maybe you want to be alive to sort of those four even, you know, evenly priced horses that aren't like super favorites, but are uh, a little bit spready. Uh, so Don't so, leave that 11 out, baby. On the, the biscuit <laughs> is on the 11. The biscuit, is, the biscuit is always live on the 11. Uh, the horse could polypop first time on the dirt. <laughs> yeah, well, and, yeah, and on six furlong race, especially on sloppy track, the eleven hole that that's not a, a negative the way it is like on the turf. That's I was just right. saying. Usually those you know out, those outside posts are are the ones I downgrade on these two turns races on the turf in particular. Um, but sprinting on on dirt, especially on a sloppy track, an outside post could be an advantage if. Um, sometimes, depending on how the track's playing and what the running style of the horse is. Okay, well, I think we've sliced and diced that pick five pretty well. Uh, I know I didn't get a chance to look at any other race. There's a bunch of races on the card. Um, did either of you gentlemen have a chance to uh, any spot plays on the rest of the card? Um, well, in the eighth race, which is the race before the sequence, those two Calhoun horses are cross-entered in a race. Uh, who took the money in Highland Creek? The, uh, who took the money is the six horse, Highland Creek's the eight horse. To me, they are, you know, one of those two, if they run in the race, will win it. At the two, I like who took the money better than Highland Creek on the dirt. Like I said in, in the uh, earlier on the, in the pod, I like Highland Creek a little better on the turf based on the breeding. But to me, those two look like um, they're the ones to beat if either one or both go, and neither is the favorite. I don't know if they, at least on the morning line, um, there's a horse pound for pound, the three horse that's the favorite. I think they're both better than that one, although that one's not a bad horse either. So that's the only other race I looked at. Yeah, for me, uh, there's a horse I looked at. It was a uh, race. Four. 
uh, it's the two horse. The horse's name is Bayou Jam. Uh, I felt it was a race that uh, was pretty wide open. The one obviously uh, should should run fairly well, but at six to one, I'll take Hernandez on Bayou Jam in a race that I feel that any horse could win this race. It's wide open. The horse uh, he chased late last race, and he's he's certainly certainly live. Um, Equine Ed Software has it listed as a money bag horse, <clears throat> which is a price play. Um, so I'll, I'll roll with that on the rest of, for, for anything on the rest of the card. I mean, that, I just I just saw a lot of chalk, unfortunately. And you're assuming it stays on the turf, right, for Bayou Jam? Uh, yeah, exactly. Sorry, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm assuming it stays on the on the track. On the, yeah, because that it, there's a good chance it may not, especially since it's not a stakes race. So we'll see. Right. The Although weather. the rain may not, you know, may not get bad until later in the day. So that one could still That's be true. on the turf. Or they may want to take it off just to preserve the turf course for their stakes race. I'll, so we'll see. You, you don't know what they're going to do, how much rain it is and how they want to manage that turf course. We shall see. On that note, I would like to thank our guest, Hurricane Hurd. John, thanks for time, handicapping fellas. with us. Hey, I appreciate the time. Sorry, sorry we couldn't find any bombs, but it is what it is. You know, sometimes you got to take what it gives you. You got to play hey, the hand that you're dealt. Yeah, yeah, we have a few bombs in there. Yeah, we have, I mean, we, that, uh, we have a few. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if they'll win, but like uh, certainly the Landry horses we talked about should be priced. Yeah, so the there's Land a few yeah, others in there. Yeah, and the no, dream on it. Time, guys. Yeah, yeah. So great, great to have you. It's good chatting. And now I'm a little excited about the card, even though it, it does look a little chalky. But you know, there there are some price plays that we've 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 made a few price plays. And um, on that note, that will conclude show number one fifty one of the Sport of Kings Pod. Good luck at fairgrounds and wherever else you play. And please enjoy the Brooklyn Boogaloo. Low out. I'll see you on that, and I'll see you on Sport of Kings. Cheers. See you on the Sport of Kings. Giddy up.